Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. And I just did the intro, and I forgot to say issues 1 through 160. (laughs) Is that why you redid it? Was that the breaking point? Yeah, man. I mean, it's our branding. Yeah, that's true. We can't have our loyal listeners thinking maybe they've stumbled onto someone, some other Zach <laughs> that, and John's that's true. Spider-Man podcast. Because you said that there is one, isn't there? One exists. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't plug their podcast. It's from ten so, years ago. It is long dead. <laughs> yeah, we need to get them on. <laughs> Find them. Yeah. How's your day? How was your week? Um, my day and week were pretty good. How about you? Um, it was pretty good. It was my first week teaching math full time. So it was kind of hectic. Um, but it was good. The kids had a quiz on Friday. The seventh graders did. I think at the end of the year, um, I might put up on the board that I do like a Spider-Man podcast and be like, you guys can go find this over the summer if you want. Um, so it it could be funny them like listening back to these episodes and me being like, oh, these kids are so annoying. They're giving me all this grief about a math quiz that they have to take in math class. Can you imagine, Zach? And then them not be able to like actually see you in person and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just got to say, I commend you for your bravery, not only in being a middle school math teacher, which I sure couldn't do, but in taking on that new role so close to the end of the year when i'm sure they're they're not bringing their a game they just want to get to summer break they're they're not they're not and and i'm making them so (laughs) well good on you yeah um but it went pretty well a lot of the kids did really well on it so cool i'm glad to hear that yep and um Elizabeth and I are actually going to a wedding today for one of her friends. So that'll be really fun. Ooh, fun. Here mm-hmm. in the city? Yes. Yes. Not in your city, because we're in different cities. Uh, but yeah. in Indianapolis. Maybe you know the place. It's like downtown. And there's like a big... It's like a big glass ball almost downtown. And it's like a... I always thought it was like a bridge that you could walk across but apparently it's like a whole room. So I don't know. I think it will be pretty the, cool. The Arts Garden? Maybe. Like over Capitol Street? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's I part actually of the, think so. That's part of the mall and fun fact, that's where my junior prom was at. Oh. Not, I not might... my not my school's junior <laughs> prom, but the junior prom I went to, my girlfriend at the times. So. You know, you know, I might <clears throat> So the woman who's getting married, it's one of Elizabeth's friends. And um, Elizabeth has a gorgeous engagement ring, by the way. So does Shyla. They're both marquee cut diamonds. And um, this person who's getting married saw it. And I don't think she purposefully threw shade at it. But she was like, Elizabeth was telling her about it. And she was like, yeah, John went to Diamonds Direct. And he like picked it out and blah, blah, blah. and, and, And she was like, Oh, I went into Diamonds Direct and it it just felt like a car lot of diamonds for me. And um, so we always kind of joke around about that, you know, um, 
like her throwing shade. And maybe now when I see her in the wedding, I'll be like, this is such a beautiful venue. It looks like a place you'd host a high school prom. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Use that. Use yeah. That line. Yeah. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> well, I've got one other thing and then we can jump into it because okay. I want to get sponsored by this. Yeah. So I bought something called a cuddle clone the other day. Have you ever heard of this? No, but my initial reaction is that sounds like maybe some unethical science is involved. <laughs> Potentially. What's but a cuddle it, clone? So it is a website and they make clones of your pets, you know. Oh. So and I didn't get an actual clone because I think that's kind of weird, you know, to have like I, I I could see that if a pet's passed away, which luckily neither of my cats or my dogs have. But I did get this nice golf club head cover of Omaha. That is hilarious. So, so look, looking at this, I want your honest opinion on this. And you, you could you could take a screenshot if you want to. And, and show this. If I had Omaha next to me, that'd be perfect. But it's even got her little ear tip right here, which I specifically like made sure oh, her, her ear is docked. Yep. So does this look cursed <laughs> or does this look pretty good? Because I think it looks pretty good, but something about it, it's like it's, um, What's it called when something doesn't quite look human enough that it's the uncanny and unca uncanny valley? Have you heard that? I have not. So that's like when when things look human, but they're just not quite enough where it's unsettling. Yeah, yeah just a little something's off. I would say it's in that range. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Bleep it out. <laughs> yeah. But I think no, it, I think it's I think pretty that good. Is very funny, and I can just imagine people when you're when you're at the golf course and people are you know pelting you with balls from the other. Yes, I forgot that just happened a week group. ago. Uh, and they, I mean, they're seeing you from so far away. I think people are genuinely going to think, "Is that a cat just chilling in his <laughs> golf bag?" Well, well, that head cover by itself is about as big as Omaha. She's a pretty small cat. And um, I have thought because it's ju it's just been sitting on my desk and I have thought multiple times walking in Omaha's on my desk. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, no, it's just the head cover, not because it looks just like her, but because the fur does look just, you know, it's a perfect like color. So it's pretty good. It was ungodly expensive to the point yeah. where uh, I, you know. I guess I'll just say it, but it was about 300 bucks. And then I paid a hundred bucks for expedited shipping to make sure I had it before this big golf outing that I'm playing in on the 22nd. So that's what the tax return was for. That's funny. I had to unfortunately give up on my ungodly expensive, um, unnecessary purchase that I was looking forward to. I've told John this, but for the listeners, I have the first second and third picks in my upcoming dynasty fantasy football draft. So I already knew who I was going to take. And I thought about getting on cameo and it would be like $400. Yeah. 
to have and have Bill Polian, right? Former Colts general manager Bill Polian <laughs> and Tony Hawk and the guys from 303 announced my picks. And I had little jokes like personalized to each of them that I wanted them to say about the players I was picking. And well, I feel like we, even yeah, okay, keep going. As we've gotten closer to it, I've realized that $400 is a lot of money to do something like that for and as cool as it would be i have since found other things that i'd rather spend four hundred dollars on would it would it, all three of them combined have been 400 yes that's worth it that see that's what i thought <laughs> like so i think tony hawk was like 270 so he was the how much uh, was bill polian he was the brunt of it um polian was a hundred see that you've that you should do and 303 was 33 dollars and, I and thought, they would be announcing the third pick or the what third but yeah the third pick and then also the way i learned to catch a football or taught myself because no one else would be dumb enough to come up with this zach's a pretty athletic guy if anyone's oh, wondering let me tell you yeah <laughs> I actually did win a football award, but it was um, the mental attitude award. I knew I was about to say it was something about your brain, though, wasn't it? It, it was the mental attitude award in eighth grade, the one year I played. But no, 303, you might not know this because they genuinely don't matter and haven't really stuck in like the cultural zeitgeist. But ouch, ouch, 303 is catching strays. I've seen them multiple times, but their like hand symbol is this three oh three. And that's how you would catch a football. And I was gonna have them announce a wide receiver pick and explain that. But Who I would that pick be? Jackson Smith. Smith and Jigba. Yeah. So who's the two? Anthony Richardson or B. John Robinson. And then the one is going to be one of those as well. Yeah, whichever one. What about Gibbs? Um, I also have the 105, and I was thinking about taking him there. Yeah. All right, let's get into Spider-Man. We've bored our webheads long enough. Yeah. They came here for some ultimates. Let's give it to them. Yeah, we're not not Spider-Man today. Just just ultimates, unfortunately. (laughs) But we'll throw it over to our friends at the Better Business Bureau, and then we'll get into the issues. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business and find a better business anytime at bbb.org. Okay, so we're on issues eight and nine, the ultimates. I'm excited for it. Zach, let me take issue nine because if where we left off, Cap is going to find Hank Pym and he's in for a beating, I think. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. We'll see. Sorry, I got to get my issue pulled back up because I was 
reading a different series this morning. Well, while you while you are getting that pulled up, I'm going to explain the cover of this. So issue eight, the one Zach's going to be going over, it's called The Experts. And on this cover, to me, it looks like um, that's got to be Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, although they are brother and sister and they look fairly intimate for brother and sister. So I was like, maybe this is just Hawkeye and Black Widow. So I really wasn't sure from the uh, from the image on the cover. And I'll let you take it away from that. <laughs> that is funny that you say that. Um, yeah, we complained that the the cover art for the domestic violence issue looked pretty romantic between Janet and Hank. This blows that out of the water. This looks more this looks like a bad romance novel cover compared to that last one. And just to spoil, it is Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, right? This is yeah. brother and sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're holding hands with fingers interlocked and she has her head on his shoulder and and her chest is like pretty close to him also. <laughs> yeah. Um It's funny you say that. I I'm just going to spoil it cuz there's no way in hell we're reading Ultimates 2 or Ultimates Who 3. curse words in this issue already. I dropped yeah. an F-bomb earlier, and Zach just said H-E double hockey stick. And now that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's not official official at this point, but later on in Ultimates, either Ultimates 2 or Ultimates 3, I can't remember which follow-up to this series it was, but um, at some point they officially canonically say on page oh yeah um quicksilver and the scarlet witch don't say what you're they're doing incest they're brother and sister and they're dating genuinely one of the most hated things about this universe i've got nothing to say except shaking my head and rightfully so yeah (laughs) so it's oh my gosh it's not official yet at this point, but I mean, yeah, but there's right another from... we'll we'll get we'll get to it when you're going through it, but um, there is another scene in one of these two issues where I'm like, aren't these people brother and sister? <laughs> I think I know the exact one you're talking about because i I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wait a minute, are they talking about the thing?" And they were talking about something else, but I thought they were about to reference this. All right. Well, now we can throw incest into the description for this issue. Get a little SEO action going. Yeah, search engine optimization. If anyone, yeah. if anyone looks up Spider-Man or Ultimates and incest, they'll find us. Yeah, perfect. Uh, that's what I want to be known for. <laughs> Anyways, this issue is Ultimates number eight, written by Mark Millar, art by Brian Hitch. And looks like maybe colors by Andrew Curie or inks. I can't remember which one we said he did. Paul Neary did the inks. Paul Mounts did the colors and Chris Eliopoulos did the letters. Perfect. Thank you. So 
We open on a man who we've not seen before with a shaved head and a redheaded woman, both wearing sunglasses and leather trench coats walking down the street. And the man says, you want the office block on the left or the one on the right, Natasha? So we know the woman is Natasha Romanov, the Black Widow. And Natasha answers, the one on the left, my dear comrade. That particular shade of granite really complements my eyes, don't you think? We see that there are multiple undercover agents in civilian clothes nearby, including construction workers ready to close all access routes. And I thought that this was a Spider-Man bus, but I'm just now realizing that this is a Black Widow bus. I thought the same thing. Yeah, they hop out of a van with a spider insignia on the side, and that would be a reference to her name. I definitely I, I was kind of psyched that uh, especially since there's the there's the there's a van with the spider on it. And then she's like, do we have backup? And I was like, oh, my gosh, is Spider-Man about to join in on this? No, he's not. I love how they're supposed to be dressed like in civilian clothes, but they look like a mix between like the Columbine shooters and like the <laughs> Matrix. I, I was thinking the Matrix. That's what I was thinking. I mean, it's early 2000s. I, I suppose that was kind of the style in reference to that. But they very much look like people who are about to go into a place and kill a bunch of people. Yeah. So the man walks into a building lobby and tells the man at the reception desk that Clint Barton is here to see a Mr. Jones in the accounts department. So this is Hawkeye, Clinton Barton. This is our first appearance of him. And the receptionist tells him that the accounts department doesn't have any appointments scheduled. And, and he has a goofy earring, by he the does. way. And they also have very thin, like, sunglasses, you know, that you you would imagine someone would wear in the early 2000s and think they look cool. <laughs> yeah, well, well put. Uh, Clint says, really? You didn't even check your book or anything. And the receptionist says, I don't need a book. I got all the appointments up here in my head and points to his temple. And Clint suddenly pulls a bow out of seemingly nowhere and launches an arrow point blank into the receptionist's head saying, not anymore, cue ball. And two security guards begin firing at Hawkeye and he quickly lights them up with four arrows. And we see him take out the entire crowd of people who had been in the lobby as they all run towards the exit. I was I was kind of thinking at this point, I was like, man, I hope that these are bad guys, but they seem like they are just like hotel workers. And based on the superheroes we've met in this universe so far. I'm like, it wouldn't surprise me if they just go in there and they're killing a bunch of like random people. Same. I genuinely had forgotten about this scene and I started reading the issue and I was like, oh, God, did I forget about like something big? Are they doing a no Russian? Is this like the no Russian level of modern warfare Two? What's that? I don't know what that is. The one where you're like deep undercover and to keep your cover you have to like do a mass shooting at an airport. 
I don't know. Whole... I have no idea. <laughs> you haven't played Modern Warfare 2? No. Oh, well, you've had 10 years to do it, so I guess I'm not spoiling anything. But it was I'm like not... <laughs> one of the most controversial video game levels ever. And the whole point of it is um, at the end, like they kill your character and frame it all on you to like start a war. So it's like the the pretense for like this espionage stuff. Um, hmm. But it's like you're the you're presented as like the good guy and you're going around and like just like killing these civilians. That sounds like what they're doing here. That's what I was afraid they were doing here, but it is luckily it is not. Zach's Sorry, getting donuts. Getting, yeah, she's getting me donuts. Don't cut it out. The people need to know. Zach likes cake donuts. If anyone wants to send us any. I myself prefer chocolate with uh, custard filling. I'm not a chocolate guy. I wow. like vanilla and everyone always makes fun of me for that. But I'm like, well, different strokes for different folks. I'm like, it's clearly the best flavor. That's why God made it the default. <laughs> yep. I, I'll, I'll, I'll allow that. Yeah. So a SWAT team enters the building as Hawkeye says into his earpiece. Lobby secured. Alpha team take levels two through 15. Beta team takes 16 through through 32. I'm taking the elevator. And we see SWAT teams repelling out of helicopters and breaching the windows of the building, shooting fleeing office workers in the back um, as they come in. And we see Black Widow drop down from an elevator shaft and start shooting. She mentions that she doesn't like this. And Hawkeye says, why? Because it's going smoothly. Don't wish life any tougher than it is. Smoothly is good. We don't get smoothly nearly enough. And he's saying this as they're killing all these fleeing people. And she mentions that these are just worker bees, low caste organizers with an aptitude for filing. And at so this point, I will. OK, yeah. What were you about to say? <laughs> I was going to say, so that might be like the first indication that maybe they're not human like specifically humans yeah okay i i was thinking that too because i remember from like a couple issues back where they were like they said something about them being un sleeper agents or undercover and i thought maybe they were scrolls because they could change form but it's also wrong of our people to just come in and like annihilate all of these like I'm using quotes like worker bees and like, you know, they are just like office drones, basically, is what it sounds like. So I still wasn't really happy with them. The optics on it are not good. We maybe don't have all the details yet, but uh, this it, this looks bad. Yeah. Um. A SWAT team member gets Hawkeye's attention and says, Sir, one of the creatures has got something weird in its hand here. It looks a lot like a... And we see the outside of the building as a bomb explodes with a blast that's four stories tall. And Natasha yells for Hawkeye, and we see that he is hanging on with one hand to a steel beam hanging over the edge of the building with his other hand holding on to a SWAT team member. 
and a helicopter passing by tells him, Hawkeye, you're not the only one who survived that blast. We're counting three or four sleeper agents headed towards you now. And he says, can't you take them down? And the helicopter sniper says, it's no use. They're too well shielded. Tell him I can't get a clear shot from here. Which sounds like a dubious, like, sounds like, sounds fake, but okay. And uh, Black Widow asks what floor he's on. And Hawkeye says, 39th. No, wait, 38th. Did I've got an Easter egg for you, Zach. Easter egg. Time. Do you know what I'm going to say? I, I don't think so. Okay, so in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, um, after they blow up the Triskelion and Sam is running to get out of it after his fight with Crossbones and they're like, Sam, what floor are you on? And he's like, 39th. And then, you know, he jumps out of the building and Nick Fury swings the helicopter over and like catches him in the helicopter. I knew this felt familiar from one of the movies, but I forgot that it was that specific scene. Yep. And then he's like, and he and he doesn't go to the 39th. And he's like, 39th floor, I said. And Fury's like, it's not like they put the numbers on the outside. Yeah, that, that was that's a great line. Um. So Hawkeye's on the 38th floor We see one of the civilians Standing over him with an assault rifle They picked up And Black Widow asks the helicopter Air cover what kind of altitude Are you doing And they tell her 628 feet And as she runs through the hallway She says Okay I'm out of ammunition here So on my mark I want you to throw your sniper rifle Out of the helicopter and as she says this and keeps running, she folds her arms and shoots both guns, simultaneously killing two security guards in the doorways. And on the 38th floor, we see the civilian aiming their gun at Hawkeye, saying, eat this, you stupid piece of. And above them, Widow says, yells, Mark, and jumps through the window as the sniper tosses his gun. And she catches it while falling, aims and fires a headshot that kills the shooter. And this didn't make sense to me through the art. So I'm just accepting it as like rule of cool. She then somehow lands safely on the floor of the building. But it is what it is. The the, you know, catching the gun and shooting the person was well, makes it forgivable. Yeah. You explained for any readers who are following along with the comic comics or even who aren't Zach just explained those two pages so well, because in one of the scenes in that, in one of one of the like panels, somebody says, talk to me, widow. What the hell? Three cuss words this episode. What the H.E. double hockey stick is going on up there? And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I, I am not following at all what this art is depicting is happening here. And um, so even you just explaining it while I was rereading it and I was like, oh, yeah, she is talking about him throwing the sniper. And now I can see, oh, he's checking this. But but those, there were like three pages there where I was like, I have no idea what's happening in these in these pages at all just some some sort of like gobbledygook action stuff yeah i mean it's 
you can tear it apart very easily if you want to like it's it's you're right it's kind of unclear what's happening but it's also kind of like fast and furious logic where it's like it doesn't need to be happening like yeah she says she's out of ammo and then we literally see her fire two shots with her with her handgun at these guys that she probably could have just ran past because they weren't about to shoot her and obviously they're going to clear the you know go through the building and kill all the stragglers so she could have just jumped out of the window and had two pistols each with one bullet and then when she jumps out of the window we see a panel of what's below her and it's it, <laughs> she's, she's like, like 60 stories up <laughs> she's like 60 stories up we don't even see the blown out wall that hawkeye is hanging over and we don't see anywhere where she could possibly land safely. And then it's like she's falling straight downward, shoots the person, and then somehow lands on the ground floor level. It doesn't make any sense, but it is very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Um, So we change scenes to the Triskelion where Nick Fury introduces Clint and Natasha to Tony and Thor. And Nick explains that they're going to become public members of the team later this month. Um, once shield finishes fal- falsifying their backgrounds. And he then says Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch over there are staying in the shadows for obvious reasons. And I, because thought, they're incestuous. <laughs> I honestly thought, oh, are they, is that was he, what he's hinting at? Because that's they don't put that on the panel yet this early, but it's clearly happening. And it's because they're it, mutants, I'm sure, well, is is the. Yeah, is, Thor <laughs> says, I don't know what surprises me more, General, the Brotherhood of Mutants working for S.H.I.E.L.D. or the fact that you're employing Magneto's children here. So that's what they were talking about. Um, Is that they were previously bad guys and are associated with Magneto. And we realize that Pietro and Wanda were on the mission earlier in the issue as well. As Black Widow says, as far as I recall, you two were just sitting in a coffee house and giggling away like schoolgirls together. And Pietro responds, actually, if you slow down the building's security tapes, you'll find that I saved your lives on three separate occasions. So that's kind of cool. He was just like whizzing around while they were doing their thing. Yeah. Didn't even notice him. And Black Widow's like liar. And he goes, check the tapes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good little bit. Um, And Fury starts briefing the team, saying the Earth is currently home to 11 alien species at the moment. And uh, those are just the ones that our cleanup crews are aware of. One of the species, the Chitari arrived in 1777 and has been responsible for several acts of genocide. They're eight feet tall and reptilian in appearance, but they have the ability to assume human form. And then he says the Nazis were Chitari, and that was the closest they ever came to global domination. Well, luckily he doesn't say that the Nazis were Chitari. He says, because that was about to really make me upset if he had said that. 
um okay, if he had said like hit, hitler yeah it was going to because i i actually really don't like it when um like thing things try to like explain away like hitler or the nazis as some part of like an alien thing or something like that um it just bothers I, me you yeah, know i don't like when they you know when people act like oh he was such an evil man that you know it's it's unheard of like this could never happen again it's like no this is just what the danger is of putting hateful people in general in power like this absolutely can happen again and we need to do everything we can to yeah. safeguard against it i feel like it's it's a cop out for our own bigotry whenever we act like hitler is some unattainable like evil. a human couldn't do this you yes. know like if it and and it still does kind of bother me what they end up saying saying in here because it still kind of passes the buck on them a little bit but but what he says is um let's see a power they utilized to infiltrate the german political scene of the 1920s and precipitate both the rise of the national social socialism and one adolf hitler so to me that made it sound like they were kind of pulling the strings to get the nazis like elected and in charge but they weren't actually like part of that themselves like maybe several key nazis were chitari but the nazi movement itself was not yeah completely of chitari yes i get that i still don't like it no me neither i didn't i didn't like it i i, I really didn't like it and then i just didn't like it <laughs> um but anyways the the building that the team hit earlier in the day was the biggest gathering of chitari shield had found in years and they were responsible for putting mind-controlling drugs in the water supply and infiltrating the national media. And, John, I don't know about you, but does that sound like anything to you? Um, when you just said it right there, is it supposed to sound like Alex Jones or something? Or <laughs> They're talking about reptilian shapeshifters controlling the media and poisoning our water supply. This is like... QAnon theories 20 years earlier yeah <laughs> so just well i wonder this well i bet i bet that this was um because this came out after 9 11 and i definitely bet that there were conspiracies and crazy people that were like bush is a you know reptilian like south park was making jokes about that kind of stuff like way back Maybe. in the day i think i i think of those concepts as maybe like newer than they actually are but also it just feels like this was already like a kind of a nationalistic right-wing book and this just feels like it jumped off into the deep end in a way that's really prescient not not necessarily in a good way but like this just hits harder now than i think it was ever meant to originally yeah um in a bad way. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but then Fury shows the team the body of a killed Chitari in its natural form. And I put it is a disgusting Lovecraftian mess. Yep. And just then Fury gets a call that Captain America is in Chicago. 
and he claims he's acting under Shields' jurisdiction to arrest Hank Pym on spousal abuse, abuse charges. And Fury tells his agents to stop Cap from hurting Pym because they need all post-human personnel on standby. And the agent tells Fury that Captain America has already left. And he's like, see- don't don't let him, you know, give him a direct order for me not to hurt Pym. And they're like, we dropped him off four minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. And Captain America walks up to Hank Pym sitting alone at a bar, puts his hand on Hank's shoulder and says, a word in your ear, doctor. And the issue ends. Pretty good ending scene, uh, like ending page with just Captain America behind a Hank Pym that looks kind of disheveled. He's just been drinking at a bar for days, probably. I don't know why, but just the drawing of Cap's face in that panel doesn't do it for me. Just no, like, like a weird face. Mm-hmm. I think he's not like I. I don't like the way he's drawn a lot, especially when he has his helmet on. I think he looks. I don't know. He looks like Soldier Boy from the Boys. <laughs> That's funny. That is a funny comparison here. Um. He he's not too many steps far like far removed from Soldier Boy. Not in this not in this universe. He's not. I just think like I don't have a problem with the way Brian Hitch draws people or faces, but for some reason I just don't think he can do Captain America. Yeah. I would agree because when I say like, oh I, I like this drawing, you know, he's got his hand on his on his shoulder and I like the like a word Dr. Pym. It's because um, of the implication. Yeah, and it's because like you've got he, the costume he's in, but it's his face is like the the only not great part of that. Right. Um Zach, you also left out what I think was kind of a funny scene where Nick Fury's explaining to all the ultimates about all of the different aliens and Tony Stark is like are you guys just like trying to keep your cool together? How is nobody freaking out about all of this? like you know, Tony Stark had no idea that there were all these aliens and to everybody else. It's just like another day at the office. Yeah, that that felt like an MCU, like look at the camera and say, like, is this really happening? Yeah, like, kind of kind of joke. Um, What did I I? I thought that this was a pretty good one. You know, it was a good read. It it had some some good stuff. I'm usually not a fan of all of the like mindless killing that goes on in issues like this, like where they're just lighting up what appears to be an office full of people. Um so I take some points off for that. Uh but the story is good. Were the yeah. Chitari always uh like shapeshifters? Um I don't think so. I honestly have not read anything in 616 continuity that even touches the Chitari. So my frame of reference for them is just this in the Avengers movie. So when you said, you know, oh, I bet it's scrolls because scrolls are shapeshifters, I was like well, that would make a lot more sense than what they end up being. But yeah, you're, you're very close. Um. Well, 
I originally had this at a, at a seven. I think I'm going to go down to a six and a half out of 10 sleeper cell Chitari agents. Yeah. I will keep it at a seven uh, sleeper agents because I'm not going to lie. They had me in the first half when we get this <laughs> cover that's a little too friendly with the brother and sister. And then the first half of the issue makes you think that shields just like committing a mass killing of like humans. I was like, Oh great. I'm going to hate this. But then, you know, once you realize, Oh no, these are like aliens trying to take over our world. It's our world. It's fine. And then, you know, it, it, it makes it a lot more enjoy enjoyable. And I actually did like the goofy, unnecessary scene of Black Widow jumping out of the window, catching a sniper rifle, shooting someone and then landing safely. I think I think if I had read that a little more carefully, I probably would have been a little more generous with my initial writing because I did put in my notes like, Zach, I don't I don't know what's happening in this scene. <laughs> like, And then you explained it perfect as I was reading it. So I also think it's a really funny bit that Quicksilver was like, oh, I was me too. definitely pulling my weight. You just didn't see me. <laughs> Actually, that's even funnier thinking that he's just he just always says stuff like that. And he is just nowhere to be found. And he's like, check the tapes. You guys just can't see me. I'm too fast. You can never know for sure if he's being serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like half the missions, maybe he really is saving everyone. And then half of them, he's like, he's like, no, I was there. He's at Disney World. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, that's funny. Okay, so we've got we've got a six and a half out of seven. Um okay. Issue nine. Are you ready? You have anything else? I'm ready. For issue eight. Okay. My uh my issue's loading. So issue nine does not have a title. Did you notice that? I did not, because I don't normally pay that much attention to the titles anyways but i i see that now that it doesn't mm -hmm. does not have a title black widow is on the cover which i don't like i would have liked to have seen captain america on the cover on issue um, nine. yeah black widow i'm sorry I, hawkeye hawkeye's on the cover i'm yeah. sorry hawkeye's on the cover shooting bow and arrows so it's written by Mark Millar, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Paul Neary, colored by Paul Mounts, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Hawkeye on the cover, no title on the issue. So we open on a very tight shot of Cap with his hand on Pym's shoulder, whispering in his ear, what are you watching, Pym? Anything interesting? And Pym is watching the news in a bar where they're reporting on his domestic accused domestic assault and cap says step outside you piece of trash and pim tries to de-escalate a little bit he's like okay just let me explain and cap cap says i said outside meatball real quick so they go to a uh, great lengths to show multiple times the name of the bar and its logo the red lion bar and they specifically say that it's in downtown Chicago. And um, I thought, surely, like, this is referencing this 
too much. It's not just saying a bar. I'm like, this is probably like a real world place. I think it is. I just Googled it and it is. And it looks it's called the Red Lion Pub, but it appears to look pretty much exactly like the comic shows. So I don't know if this is like somewhere from Mark Millar, Brian Hitch's you know, like they they're from Chicago or hmm. I don't I don't know, but clearly they were drawing from this location for some yeah. reason. Um, well, meatball is a top tier insult from Captain America. Yeah. I just I do. I do love the way he talks. He doesn't quite talk in a 20th century lingo, even even in the last issue where he says a word in your ear, Dr. Pym. I'm like, that's weird. Most people would just say a word, Dr. Pym, you know? So he's just always got some some 40th, uh, it wouldn't be the 40th century, would it? The 1940s? The 19, some 1940s old-timey lingo. So Cap tells Pym to pick on someone his own size, and he just starts punching Pym. And he says, change size, man. Give me something I can hit. And Pim is is still trying to kind of calm him down. He's like, you're going to get both of us arrested. And Cap says, good. Now change size before I knock your teeth down your throat, you little weasel. And I like how at first, you know, Pim is like, oh, Cap, no one, no one feels worse about what I did than I do. Like, there's nothing you can do to me that. You know, I haven't yeah. already done to myself. He's and like, for God's sakes, I've been on antidepressants. Yeah, he's he's like, I'm the real victim here. And then at, at some point he's like, nah, screw this. I'm fighting back. Yeah. So Cap Cap says he's going to knock his teeth out and calls him a little weasel. And then we kind of immediately just get a drawing of this giant hand like crashing through a building knocking captain america away and the next page is a full page shot of giant man looking like an absolute villain with like these glowing red eyes evil look on his face and he says this big yeah i was gonna say they're kind of like the color of mahogany it's very unsettling it kind of makes him look like an animal and i think that's the same color that they used in the domestic abuse issue when he's like wearing his helmet. And he probably is. You shouldn't have made me feel small Jan. Yeah. Um, And he says this big enough for you moron. And if we're going to compare insults, meatball and little weasel are way better insults than just calling someone a moron. Like, there's something about Hank Pym that he's like really smart, but he's also very like insecure and childish. You know, I don't even know if he's that smart because clearly like, you know, you're like, oh, he invented, you know, the this enlarging thing. But it's like, yeah, based off of his wife, who was already. A yeah, that's true. Shrink. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like he he wants people to perceive him as smart, but I'm not and even un- sure if he is. And undoubtedly, that's that's how he probably also has invented like the Ant Man stuff, where he can communicate with ants. That probably has has to do with that same wasp technology somehow. Yeah, I have a theory 
um, like a headcanon that in the Marvel universe, you know, some laws of nature are just different than how they are for us. And I mean, we already know that as far as like how its timeline works and stuff like that. But I have a theory that people there are just they just skew smarter when it comes to STEM stuff, because it's the only way to explain like how ordinary people are just constantly making like robots and weapons and gear and like a 16 year old Peter Parker like makes his web shooters. So it's like for our world, Hank Pym might be pretty smart but like in the marvel <laughs> world he's like he's elon musk guy. yeah making making rockets can you imagine it i can't <laughs> um so cap begins kind of running through the building that that is being destroyed and uh he's got like a smirk on his face you know like this is this is what captain america wanted and Hank Pym doesn't see him or his smirk, obviously. He's he just sees Cap kind of running around and he says, What's the matter, Rogers? You change your mind. And we just see Captain America. He's made his way up to like the top window on something and he leaps out of it. So he's like face level with Hank Pym. And he just says, Are you joking? And he I kind of can't tell what happens here. It looks like maybe he like boots hank pym in the face or maybe he like grabs his face and like flings him backwards or something but no matter what he does he he gets him in the face and like then grabs him and throws him over kind of using his big momentum against him i think he like hits him with like an rko but hank pym is giant and he's tiny like he grabs his face and then just like falls and lets yeah his momentum take them both like down and Hank Pym's falling backwards. Yeah. So Pym says, <laughs> who do you think you are coming on to my wife and telling me how to live my life? And as far as I can remember, both of these things are things that Steve Rogers never did. Um, He's and Cap is, he is, and Cap is running up the sides of the building scaffolding and the construction vehicles. And I think it's pretty cool. He's kind of like dodging in and out these like, you know, massive arms like coming down to try and like hit him. Um, and he's making his way all the way up to Giant Man again. And, and Giant Man's just kind of swinging wildly trying to hit him. And Giant Man screams, I'm going to bash your brains out. And Cap just says, no, you're not, as he's swinging around. And he just beats the living brakes out of Giant Man. And then he takes his shield out and he sees some like, what would you call the big metal poles up there, Zach? Do you have a name for those? Big metal poles. Big metal poles. There's some big metal poles hanging above. And Cap takes his shield out and he throws his shield and he cuts the metal poles down and... They they all just come crashing down on Giant Man's head, and he's he's down for the count. I can't help but think there's parallels throughout this series to Hank Pym and Bruce Banner, because obviously, like Hank is feels threatened by Bruce as a scientist and as a man, and they both have these powers that make them get big and strong. And when he's talking about, like, I'm going to smash your brains and um, I'm going to he says smash a bunch of times. He's like threatening 
Captain America, like the way the Hulk was threatening yeah. people when he was rampaging. And it's like yeah. both as a like as a man and as a monster. It's like he's he can't compete with with Banner. He can't compete with Hulk. You know, it takes yeah. one guy like a couple of pages to beat him in his giant form. And, you know, we've only seen him in giant form twice now doing actual fights. And the first time Hulk would have killed him if it wasn't for other people. And this time Captain America just totally. Yeah. Like you said, it takes him two pages and, and the fight's over. He's a chump. Like Nick Fury was like about, was trying to protect him after everything. Like, Oh, hold on. We need all of our superhumans to fight these aliens. It's like, what makes you think giant man's going to be anything but a liability? Yeah. He's, he can't fight. <laughs> he's just big. <laughs> yeah. He's a bigger target. That's what he, um, he, he has the power to become a bigger target. So, so just then as giant man is kind of knocked out shield agents show up, and they say, Captain America, you're under direct orders from Nick Fury not to lay a finger on. And then they notice uh, Hank Pym, humongous on the ground, totally defeated. And Captain America walks away saying, how big do you feel now, dirtbag? How big do you feel now? And yeah. Our, our scale for this issue has got to be out of 10 old timey insults that's that's good because i don't have a scale for this so i like it that's really good um dirtbag meatball weasel i wish that this had been a full issue because we're only on page 12 or 13 we're on 12 out of 25 and i wish it was a full issue i wanted a full issue of like this fight um or at least like five or six more pages or something uh, so I was pretty upset that it was just over as quickly as it started. Yeah, God knows they took their sweet time showing him beating Janet up. Yeah, and yeah. Like this should have been. I wanted been 15 comparable. pages of this, and I and I thought it was really cool watching Captain America swing and jump around on scaffolding as like this big guy tries to like beat him up. And, and he's know, like he... more using his brains and athleticism to just like, and he's not even worried, you know, he's just smirking the whole time. Like, and you know, he didn't get it out of his system. Like there's no way he, he did. Like, I want to see him beat this dude to a pulp. Yeah. Um. So we're back at the Triskelion and Banner is pretty giddy about the news that Captain America broke Hank Pym's jaw. And Betty tells him that Fury's upset because they need everyone they can get for this alien invasion. And Ooh, Banner. Yep. Easter egg. So, Ooh, okay. Is that our, our new little yeah. chime? Our, that's our Easter egg chime. So Banner's in his little holding cell, right? Yes. He's got a bookshelf behind him. All of the books on his bookshelf are references to him. You've got Frankenstein, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, How can duality. you even see these? How can you even see the titles? Oh, wait, because, now I can't. Okay, in the first panel. Yep. Yeah. 
I can't make all of them out, but we've got duality, strange case of Dr. And Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and Frankenstein. Yep. So he's clearly reading up on like monsters and, you know, people who the other one's called changed. past lives. Serious stuff or just a laugh. I'm sure if we were familiar with that book, it would have some kind of thematic. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's about like people having multiple lives. You know, it's called past lives. So I figure that. Yeah. Oh, good. It's good Easter egg. I think it's interesting. I don't know if he requested those books because he's trying to do some self-evaluation or if that's what they gave him for that specific purpose. Um, so Banner says, cause, cause Betty, Betty tells him that Fury's upset because they need everyone they can for the alien invasion. And Banner says, I kind of hope they draw the line at wife beaters. What am I about to say, Zach? <laughs> He's right. But who is he to talk? <laughs> Isn't this the guy that they said just murdered like 300 people at the beginning of in like the. What happened last on Ultimates? Like on purpose, too. Yeah, this is it, not. It didn't, uh, it didn't catch him by surprise. Um, and even Betty kind of says that she's like, um, I don't know if you should really be the one making that point. So, so well, the worst person you know just made a good point. <laughs> uh, so Betty tells Banner that there's all types of conspiracies about the, what the Chitari have been doing. Um, and Zach kind of mentioned them a little bit in the last issue, but they're artificial sweeteners that are actually poisoning us or the media spreading lies about kids being in danger is like kind of a plan to get the kids microchipped. So they will be easier to control when the Chitari take over. Um, it would so be are so these funny. conspiracies or are these true things, do you think, in this I, universe? I think she says that's like theories that people at S.H.I.E.L.D. are floating around the water cooler. So like the people that know about the aliens. And that I mean, that doesn't make me feel safe if like you've got this spy agency that's supposed to be like operating on intelligence and they find <laughs> something that they just don't understand. And it turns into the people who are keeping you safe are like wearing tinfoil hats yeah just in case <laughs> um this is like but they're all like a bunch of alex joneses literally it's it's an intelligence agency run by a suave charismatic alex jones leading a bunch of alex joneses so we get some like just offhand comments that maybe there are some psychics that work at shield this this is where like some things in the universe are just different. Like psychic stuff is just possible. I guess we're just, you know, it just is what it is. It's just part of the universe. And these psychics are going to analyze the brain tissue of the dead Chitari. Um, and from analyzing that, they believe that they're planning something in Micronesia with thousands of agents and hundreds of doomsday weapons. And Fury is leading a team there himself. When they say psychics, they might mean like telepaths. Okay. I guess that's kind of what I thought that they, yeah, because isn't that still just like reading minds or something? Yeah. And we know that those are in this universe, like, you know, Gene Gray and Professor X can do that. Okay. I, 
That makes sense. I guess when I was reading it, I was thinking that this is like a more, it's like a job that people have, you know? I think it is. I don't think they have Jean Grey and Professor X doing it, but I think they might have found people who are also telepaths. Okay. Okay. Um, so we cut to Iron Man's base. It's about 90 minutes before launch for the mission. And I don't know if you noticed, but all of the green goo, it's it's like in canisters. <laughs> I just figured I'd touch on that in the back of his suit. Yeah. So maybe it like sprays him as he flies around. Um, and Iron Man is talking to Black Widow about the mission. And he's kind of asking jokingly, you know, hey, you've done this stuff before. Like, how likely is it that we're coming back from this? And Black Widow points him to Hawkeye, who's on the phone. And she says, Hawkeye calls his girlfriend and his kids before every mission to say goodbye. And Tony says, that's pretty morbid, isn't it? And Widow says, well, no, because one day it is going to be his last mission. And that's really sad, but it's a good little human, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's some good humanity and what is lacking that in this series and a series that's lacking it. If there were more moments like this, it would be so easy to root for this team and these people. So Tony is, of course, drinking heavily and Black Widow says, do you really think you should be having this many vodkas before you fly that thing? And he's like, not only do I think I should be doing it, it's essential. (laughs) If I'm going to get in this thing, I need to be having this many vodkas. He says, um, I mean, who in their right mind's going to climb into it sober? Yeah. <laughs> and we then go to Cap, who is checking in with Janet at the hospital. And I'm going to have some issues with this scene. So as we get to him, I want to hear what you think about it, too. Janet says she's transferring to Germany because she doesn't want to be on the team or in the public eye. And Steve kind of brings her flowers and you know is asking how she's doing and she sort of gives steve a dressing down for trying to be some knight in shining armor and i'm pretty sick of the whole pym family um and steve leaves upset and we get a really long long shot of him standing alone waiting at the elevator down at the end of the hall and then we get a very close panel of janet crying And here's my biggest issue with this scene is it does make me think that Captain America had like an ulterior motive to wanting to beat up Hank Pym because Janet says, what did you think you would like beat up my husband? And then all of a sudden, like we would be an item or something like that. And That almost is what it seems like Captain America wanted. And I think it takes away from his like righteousness, you know, when that is what he, you know, he, he didn't just want to right the wrong of like this abusive relationship. He, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. um, You're right. That wasn't my biggest problem with it. I mean, I think it's valid. It's very valid, but I didn't like how Stockholm syndrome they make her because yeah, like she is going out of her way to like defend Hank. And she's like, whatever issues we have is between us. Like, 
you yeah. just made it worse. And it's like it it's not it's not a good look on her. It's not empowering. It's not a message that you would ever in your right mind like want to portray like to other people, you know, who might be influenced by this, who might be in similar yeah. situations. Like it's just pretty gross. Yeah. And she's she's like adamant that she's mad at Captain America for butting his head in. Yeah. I yeah. I think there's like a couple different ways you could look at this scene and none of them are very good. Uh like I don't like the way Captain America's portrayed in it uh as like trying to be some like knight in shining armor and I don't like the way Janet talks to him and yeah that's kind of even what you just said is also even something that i probably like realized and didn't like but i don't think i could have articulated it as well as you did i don't even think i'm necessarily the right person to fully articulate it because i mean there's a lot going on there as far as like she's blaming herself she's blaming him the only person she's not blaming is hank like i don't yeah. think we are equipped to touch it. I definitely don't think Mark Millar was equipped to touch it. Like this is a very sensitive story and it's being handled so ham handedly. Yeah. Um, so the team starts to move out and Captain America tells Fury he's so miserable. He could take out the, all of the Chitari by himself. Wanda and Quicksilver called in sick. They've got like a stomach bug or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's so it's so funny. I think so, that that whenever they have missions, they're like, "Well, Hawkeye was on vacation with his girlfriend, and you know, Wanda Wanda and Quicksilver called in sick. They're playing hooky today, and <laughs> and it lasted for weeks. The funny thing is, they said in the early issues, they were like, "Oh, Hawkeye's on vacation," but then later they're like. It's been three weeks since the Hulk attack, and now we're celebrities. And it's like, how long was his vacation? You're just <laughs> meeting him now. Um. So, so they're they're down a couple people. They're down Janet, Hank Pym, Bruce Banner, and the twins. So Tony's flying in with the helicarriers. Thor is also flying in, and we've got Captain America. So at least we've got our three heavy hitters. And the plan is for everyone to hit the base at the same time. Hawkeye and Black Black Widow are watching Fury give orders, and Hawkeye tells him, this was a good line, I thought, a few years ago, S.H.I.E.L.D. was just you, me, and the drinks tab trying to figure out how to bring down the Soviet Union. Now you're sending Thunder Gods in to fight aliens and telling Captain freaking America what to do. It's just too cool for words. And Fury turns around and looks at him and says, it is kind of cool, isn't it? And we finish with a full page drawing of Fury with just a humongous gun saying, now let's get to work with Captain America, Black Widow and Hawkeye behind him, ready to go. It it does look pretty cool. Yeah, I think his gun is a little too big. <laughs> I think Fury, I, and, and this, this, this is kind of what we talked about before, where this is a very cool drawing. It's or it's a cool idea for a drawing, I should say. If you put if you put Chris Evans, Captain America, with Samuel L. Jackson, with Scarlett Johansson, 
and sure, Jeremy Renner or whatever. But if you put them all four in this scene, that is a very cool shot. And this just, I want it to hit me in the same way. And it just doesn't. It's like everyone's slightly off in it. I think it's that you like art that looks good. (laughs) That is not it because this does look good. It's just, uh, you know, we've talked. That's not Captain America kind of looks like a goober. Hawkeye really looks like a goober. And something about Nick Fury, like maybe he's too skinny. I don't know. I okay. like it. I think I'm it being, works. I'm being, a, I'm, I'm just nitpicking. No, you're good. You're speaking your truth. Thanks. Um, what did you think? Give me your thoughts, and then I'll give you my thoughts. And and what did we say? We're, this is out, out of, of ten, 10 old timey insults. <laughs> insults. Um, I'm gonna give this seven and a half old timey insults i think i you know this one had fewer hang-ups than the previous issue although the the scene with cap and jan really didn't didn't help but yeah um i you know i think it ends kind of as a rising action it makes it made me wish we were covering the next issue um today yeah um Wow, it's it's shocking how close my final like wrap up paragraph is to what you just said, um, because I said I wish the Cap Pym stuff lasted longer, which I which I already mentioned most of the, most of the stuff is I'm going to be repeating myself, but I wish that that had lasted longer. Um, the Cap Janet stuff just didn't need to be in it at all. I don't think I think they could have just left that out. Um, and I'm definitely ready to watch this fight with the Chitari happen. Like I'm psyched to see our our three big Avengers go in. Uh, so I gave it. Yeah, what were you about to say? And we finally know the big bad of the series. Nine issues in. How many issues are there? Fifteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. So we only have ten, eleven, and then twelve and thirteen. That's so Loki's not in charge works. of the Chitari. Does not appear at this point. Does not that we're going to get a Loki appearance. Okay. Um, because Thor fought him a little bit. Uh, you know, he mentioned he was fighting him a little bit ago. I think that was just like an Easter egg. Okay. Because you got to uh, think in 2002, no one knew or cared about Loki. It's not like he was, he had been in a movie yet. I mean, he was like the brother of kind of a B-list superhero. Okay. I don't think they uh, thought they needed to put him in this. Yeah. Um well halfway through this issue I was ready to give it a 9 or a 10. Uh I I ended it with an 8 out of 10 old-timey insults. Which I still think is good. that's a good issue. Yeah. Yep, I I agree. I liked it. I liked it too. See, do you do, are you with me when I say like the ultimates is just a bunch of really high highs and really low lows? Like even sometimes in the same issue. Yeah, like if you took out the bad, some of these would be like nines, and if you took out the good, they'd be like twos. 
Yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. Because I, I think even the issue you did was kind of like that, where there were some really good points and then some, and then just some not as good. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I'm personally excited to see someone like but, Jonathan Hickman, who's a capable <laughs> writer and has done good Ultimates work before coming back this year. Because it's like, if you just clean some of this up and obviously, you know, maybe modernize it or make some new context, it it can be a cool concept in my mind. Yeah. Um, I do think to the credit of this, the Ultimates, uh, they're all very quick reads in that like, you know, I'm into all of them and I'm like, breezing through them whereas there have been some of the issues with ultimate spider-man where i think it feels like it drags a little bit and it's probably just because you get more interpersonal stuff and you know if i'm not in a mood to care about gwen and peter and mj's relationship dynamic i'm like just just get me to the villain of the week like you know who are we fighting this week this is structured very cinematically. It feels different. It feels like if this and Spider-Man were both like in like the TV movie medium, this would feel like a Michael Bay movie and Spider-Man yes. would feel like a soap opera. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it has to be a soap opera, but like, I don't know, a good one or something. But, like a but, drama. But, but definitely this feels like a Michael Bay movie. That's a that's a good yeah. Uh, comparison it's just high octane low brain cells <laughs> um okay so do we have anything more on on this uh on these issues that we want to talk about um we do not but we do have something from the listener mailbag what that what let's do we have something else first though something I interesting do you have a something interesting? Um, I guess maybe a really small one and I won't touch on it for too long because I know you haven't seen it, but I did see Guardians Volume 3 last night and um, I'm excited to talk to you about it. And I'm, I'm not going to say and I'm not, and I'm not going to say anything else about it because I don't want to, you know, I I I'm like, I hate any type of like spoilers at all so i appreciate that i'm gonna see if we can make it happen tonight we're seeing some friends and they notoriously don't like watching movies they don't think that's like a fun social thing to do but they also like guardians of the galaxy so i'm i'm gonna see if i can float that and be like hey you guys what if like just this one time we go and we see a movie together <laughs> you're like please this once we always go bowling or something can we go watch a movie <laughs> yeah so um hopefully next by next week i'll have seen it i i don't think i can wait much longer than that because i know i'm gonna come across spoilers if i if i wait longer than opening weekend yeah um well, I saw it with Elizabeth and a couple of her friends yesterday, and I always watch all the Marvel movies and stuff with my sister. So I think I'll probably go and see it with her again towards the end of this next week. So so I'll be coming in fresh 
with the second viewing to, you know, if we can talk about it next Saturday. Well, that makes me excited that you deem it worthy of a second viewing so soon. Well, even if it was the worst movie ever, I would still go and see it with my sister. I I had already told her ahead of time that, uh, you know, I'm seeing it tonight, but but let's go see it. You know, let's go see it next week. Also, us two. So don't let that even influence you. That's sweet. Um, I'm curious. Does your sister listen to the podcast? No, I've. Uh, it's one of those things where I'll, I'll like make comments to her and I'll be like, Oh yeah, Zach and I were talking about this. And she's, she's always like, okay, send that to me so I can start listening to it. And, and I've, and I've like, you know, she knows what it's called. She's, she, she put it on Spotify one time and she was like, Oh, you guys are like the first uh, option when I type in like Spider-Man podcast or something like that. And I was like, yeah, we're the big time (laughs) SEO baby. Yep. Um, okay. So listener mailbag, listener mailbag, (laughs) we'll workshop that we'll workshop our little jingle. Um, this one comes from Michael. It was DM to us on Instagram. So thanks, Michael. Um, they said listening to this week's pod and man, after the first few episodes, I was like, maybe ultimates isn't as bad as I remember. And then you guys talking about this issue, which would have, I'm assuming, been the domestic that issue one. It's yeah, that, that issue. <laughs> that issue. And you guys talking about this issue solidified in my head why I detest this book and Mark Millar. In my opinion, the highs don't redeem the lows because the lows are some of the lowest in comic book history. I don't know why you'd pick someone who hates superheroes to front head your Avengers book. It's crazy the difference in quality between Ultimate Spider-Man and the Ultimates. You guys brought up a great point when you said it's like the boys if there were no good guys at all. (laughs) That's what I was just thinking as you were reading out his comments. I was like, he'd probably be a good writer for the boys. (laughs) Mark Millar. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Michael. Thanks for the comments. I just Googled Mark Millar and someone said, is Mark Millar the best comic book writer today? No, he he is not. <laughs> um, yeah, as far as like the difference in quality between this and Ultimate Spider-Man, I think we were just kind of talking about that, that they just have a different feel. But honestly, like, A, I thought I would I thought I would enjoy revisiting Ultimates more than I have been, but it just solidifies to me how special ultimate Spider-Man is because truly like there's not many comics that I feel like are at that level. And, you know, more often than not, what you're getting isn't quite as controversial as the ultimates, but it it just reminds me how special, you know, the Bendis Bagley run really is. Yeah. It kind of, it makes me excited to um, just start getting into a groove with ultimate spider-man um to the point where i would even say if i were running this podcast which i'm not (laughs) zach is but i would say we should just finish out ultimates and then we can and then we can like really get into ultimate spider-man instead of bouncing back and forth for the next four weeks 
Well, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, though, bouncing back and forth gets us to where this drops right when people are Googling ultimates like this. Can our coverage of it concludes? Okay, so that's what that's we're doing. The search engine optimization. Yeah. Okay, I like that. I can appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, so what are we've gone this far? (laughs) So what are we doing next week? So we're going to have to wait two weeks to watch them beat some Chitauri, but. That's okay. We wanted to get back into Ultimate Spider-Man anyway. Um, Would we be 31 and 32? Yes. So next episode, we are reading Ultimate Spider-Man issues 31 and 32. Ooh, we are cruising. Did you know that this, if if this podcast was a marriage, this would be our China anniversary. Is this, is 20th the one? 20, to yeah, I had to look it up. <laughs> That's such it's, an old. It's the China anniversary. Um, That's what it's called. And the traditional gift is China to representing the beauty and delicate nature of your relationship. I didn't even realize that that was a thing until I saw it mentioned in a TV show like this week. That you give different like gifts on different years. Well, specifically like the China thing. Wait, really? You didn't realize? I had no idea either. So you just happened to hear that the 20th anniversary of something is the China anniversary this year or this this week. week? Yep. And had never heard of it before. So now it's been brought up to me like twice this week. Wow. The the Lord works in mysterious ways. (laughs) Yeah. I think it was modern family. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so next week we've got Ultimate Spider-Man 31 and 32. You want to give us a tease before I sign us out? It's going to be the conclusion of the threads that we started last week. I don't remember. Some Gwen stuff happens and... Oh, Spide- Gwen Stacy's living with them. Okay. And Spidey's identity got stolen. Ooh, that's right. Okay, so we get the conclusion of Gwen Stacy staying with the Parkers and that little love triangle, maybe. Perhaps there's some. I mean, kind not of, the conclusion of that, but there's okay. some kind of res- resolution. It might it might surprise you. Okay, so maybe we'll say the resolution of Gwen Stacy stuff and the conclusion of stolen identity stuff sure <laughs> i think i think it's gonna throw you for a loop but okay you hear, hear that webheads <laughs> exactly what i said is gonna happen guess you'll just have to swing by next week and see yep um well thank you for thank you to ian hickey for our music and Alyssa seaman for our artwork And as always, you can find us on the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music, basically anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can come chat with us, leave us a comment, send us a question on Instagram at First Read Podcasts like Michael did, you know, DM us, send us an email at firstreadspidey at Gmail. We're on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast at ultimate spider-man podcast and i think that's all of them i think that's all the socials yep all right swing on by next week webheads
See ya.